0: Good evening and welcome to the Wednesday night Bible study hosted by the Bloomville Church of Christ. We're so thankful that you've decided to join us this evening as we open up God's Word and study another portion of it, uh, try to learn from it, apply it to our life, become better Christians, better equipped to serve our Heavenly Father. Guy, it's our our last week for a while. It is. Um, I've enjoyed teaching with you. I hope everybody has got something from the study but I am excited uh, that the fact that Brother Ken Forrest will be taking over the Wednesday night class starting next week. Um, and if what we got Sunday morning was any taste of what we have to come, we're all uh, have such a treat. I think amateur us.
1: hour's over. Uh, amateur hour
0: is definitely <laughs> over. You're definitely getting an upgrade starting next week because Brother, Brother Ken uh, will take over. Uh, but before we get started this morning, or this evening, I do want to lead us in a word of prayer uh, so maybe God can bless this, this evening's day. Will you bow with me, please? Father, we're so very thankful for all the blessings of life, Lord, for all the physical blessings you've given us, but especially, Father, all the spiritual blessings that we have that are found in Christ, Father. But we are mindful of all those who are hurting from sickness, from disease, Father, Especially, Father, the, the virus that's going around in our community and even in our congregation, Father. We pray that you would reach down and bless us, Lord. Bless us with health and bless us with happiness. Lord, we realize we fall so short of what you deserve. And we pray that you would please forgive us of those many shortcomings, Lord. Lord, we love you. We pray as we go through this study this evening we will learn to, to love you more and to sin less. All these things, Lord, we pray in your precious Son's name. Amen. Because of the situation that we're in, and those of you who are not aware, we've had a good number of positive COVID tests that have come back on our congregation. The elders have made the decision, and I believe it is the right decision, to, starting this Sunday, we are going to go back to strictly online. And it was, it was a decision that they made, and like I said, I believe it was the right decision. It was the only decision that they, they could make, and we hate it. We would rather be together, but we need to get a handle on the virus. So uh, we are going back to online only starting this Sunday. This is our last week uh, for this particular study. I do want to encourage you, though, don't stop studying this book. Mm-hmm. Go on. Finish it out. Go through the 13 chapters. we we're going to do chapter 7 this week, which is sanctification. We did chapter 8 last week, so I encourage you to pick up with chapter 9 and finish the, finish the book out. It's a wonderful study that Brother Johnson, Aubrey Johnson wrote, and I do encourage you to keep on studying. But last week, we talked about temptation. We made the statement a few weeks ago when you talked about salvation. It doesn't end there, unfortunately. Nope. I wish it did. The devil still continues to send temptations our way each and every day. But this week we're going to talk about love mature or sanctification. Now, sanctification, I use very often. Mm-hmm. So the definition, I thought we should start out with the definition, <clears throat> process of becoming holy, set apart as sacred, to so purify or free yourself from sin. Sanctification, God, okay, it, uh, it is a process. And the struggle against sin or separating ourselves from sin is lifelong. Every time I've ever given the invitation, what I can remember is I go through the steps of obeying the gospel. When you get to the point after baptism, that's not where it ends, that's where it begins. We are to remain faithful for the rest of our life. And the process of sanctification or separating ourselves from sin, it is obviously, and it is definitely, a lifelong process. I told me and Guy were talking, we were talking about our Christian lives. I've said this in many of our classrooms, but I'll give you the illustration. My Christian life is like a train going up a hill. I cannot simply stop in the middle of that hill. I'm either growing, Mm -hmm. going forward, or... Going back. For me personally, I do not plateau. So, the same way we're trying to separate ourselves from sin, it's a process. The immediate break of sin occurs at conversion. At baptism, we're buried with Him, at baptism, raised to walk that new life, having our sins forgiven. But the commitment to honor that break never ends, it never ceases. Well, Johnson describes it as three distinct ways. Uh, view the work of sanctification. One of those is a position. At conversion, we have a change of relationship. Before Christ, before we obey the gospel, it's like we're the bride of the world. We have sin in our lives. At baptism, as as we obey the gospel, we are no longer the, the bride of the world or sin. We are the bride of Christ. We have a new relationship as we stated earlier, it is a process. The heart is changed, and the will is committed to honoring the heart's content. Now, we've all heard the expression, I had a change of heart. That's kind of what happened as we obey the gospel. So instead of our heart following the world, following our sinful desires, hopefully, our heart is committed to honoring God's will and following God's commandments. And after we change that, will, after we go through that process, hopefully, we have a product. Change in heart produces a change in behavior. We change from the inside out. Heart change produces a change in character and conduct. Hopefully, as we go through this process of sanctification, as we're changing the heart's desire, hopefully, the product will be there. We'll have a change in our character. Changing our conduct. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says, Be holy and without blame before him in love. In short, sanctification is the process of growing more in love with that which is truly worthy of love. The greatest commandment tells us who or what is worthy of love. First and foremost is God, is our heavenly Father, and also our neighbor. Then we bring
1: on, yeah, the responsibility of sanctification. And, Bo, again, a lot of repetition in this lesson. As we mentioned last week, the topic of temptation, wouldn't it be wonderful if when we came up from that watery grave of baptism, temptation stopped in our lives? That just isn't how it works. I mean, you said it. Satan literally will do everything in his power to prevent the removal of sin in our lives. And guess what, Christian? Despite our very best efforts, every now and again, Satan's going to win. Bo said it. He said it multiple times. Sanctification is a lifelong process. There are some responsibilities of sanctification. It is a divine action in its primary sense. Sanctification is the work of God. You know, Paul prayed, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. The fundamental ground of sanctification is the atoning death of Jesus. The opening of the Corinthian letter states, to the church of Corinth, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. We need to make it our life work to reach uh, sanctification. After describing the sinfulness of their former lives, he rejoiced, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The Spirit helps Christians match their thoughts, words, and deeds with their new spiritual standing. You see, we are to live holy lives. We are to be righteous in our living Holiness entails a command to be obeyed and not merely a gift to be received. The Hebrew writer emphasized this connection when he declared, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, he says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest you're hopefully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as, but as he who called you is holy. You also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. I think sometimes we forget we are commanded to be holy. Our number one primary mission as a Christian is to do God's will. A good friend of ours, one of my best friends, Bo, is Brother Kerry Moody. You know, we coached together for years at Belmont and he is kind of a spiritual mentor to me. And uh, he teaches at the Liberty Congregation where your dad preached at for so long. But he was telling me a story one time that he had heard about Brother V.P. Black. And he said, uh, one day after Brother Black had delivered a sermon, a lady came up to Brother Black and said, Brother Black, I would give my life to know the Bible like you do. And Brother V.P. Black responded, well, that is what it takes. We've got to remember, we have to give our lives to Christ, to studying the Word, to doing His will. And this process It's not an overnight thing. It's not a week, it's not a month, it's a lifetime process, Bo.
0: And through this process, just like everything else that God requires or asks of us, He's not gonna leave us out there by ourselves, God. Mm -hmm. Just like as we were dealing with temptation last week, there's a lot of similarities with this particular chapter. He gives us resources. See, God does not ask us to do anything without help. You just said, we are sanctified by Christ. That's the true sanctification. But God's not going to ask you to do something unless He gives us some kind of resources. You see, we are sanctified by truth. Some of those resources that God provides for us, a private prayer life. When you get up in the mornings, what do we do? The first thing we do, go brush our teeth or maybe go take a shower or whatever it may be. Should it not be to lift up God's name in prayer? The, Lord through mm-hmm. the, the first thing that comes to our mind, I hope, is God. Another one of those resources, something that I don't think any of us take advantage or take for granted anymore. That is public worship. We need public worship. And we didn't have we didn't have any any uh turn your mic, guys. You, know, you don't care this direction. Is that better for the brand? Sorry about that my my mic just died but we have this public worship god intends us to gather together because he knows we need it Mm -hmm. we need that strength we need the encouragement from one another we also need fellowship with other christians you know it's there's more to spending time with one another than just simply at the assemblies if you truly want to get to know somebody spend time with them outside of the assembly. I know Brother Bobby Brazel pretty well now <laughs> because we get the fellowship when everything is going in, in the way it's supposed to. Every Wednesday night after church, I get the fellowship on his wonderful cookie. But me and Brother Bobby are closer now because we've had time to fellowship. But that's a resource to help us to become, to conquer or to separate ourselves from sin, to be sanctified. But all these resources, the most fundamental asset in living a sanctified life is God's Holy Word if you don't hear anything else I say tonight I want you to hear this without God's Word you're never going to accomplish sanctification you're never going to be deemed holy without God's Word John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them by your truth your word is truth in Acts chapter 20 as Paul has given instruction to to elders. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So what's God's word do? (laughs) It helps us for that inheritance that Brother Ken talked about Sunday, that inheritance we look forward to. So we are sanctified by truth. Also, we are sanctified by faith. In Acts chapter 26, as Paul is giving his defense, he's reliving his conversion. Verse 18, he says, To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Why are we here tonight? If we didn't have faith in Christ, would there be any reason to worship? Would there be any reason to study god's word we are truly sanctified by our faith in christ it's a key to sanctification we see that faith does not spontaneously generate any more than a physical life life containing seed is required peter says in first peter 1 verse 22-25 having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth For sincere brotherly love love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again not of a perishable seed but of an imperishable through the living and abiding word of god sanctification cannot happen unless we spend time in the word of god sanctification is the development of a pure more fervent love for god and others through the power God's love. And then yeah we have the results of sanctification.
1: And on this section Bo you growing up as a preacher's kid probably have a better understanding of this (laughs) than I do but balance is the basis of serious sanctification and and you think about the weight of a preacher behind the pulpit trying to balance all that has to be balanced in the Word of God (laughs) and taught to the congregation you think about well, years ago brother Dale Kendrick gave me a book called Off Balance talking about the work-life balance in America today where so many of us work sixty and seventy hour weeks and you have to balance that with family and you make sure your your life is in balance but what brother Aubrey Johnson is talking about here and I want to read this and it's very important it says proper regard must be given to both positive and negative exhortations In the Bible, respect must be shown for God's promises as well as his commands, and attention should be paid to large themes and specific instructions. An example he gave, he said, For some Christians, however, church services are a place to be brutalized on a weekly basis. A preacher with a loud voice and low self esteem berates the congregation for failing to measure up to a certain standard. And in the background, you have domineering elders patting the preacher on the back for telling it like it is. (laughs) And the sickness continues from week to week and generation to generation. Now, are there things that must be preached against? Absolutely. But the narrowness and negativity that prevails in many churches is flatly unchristian, according to Brother Aubrey Johnson. And it is more likely to produce con artists and uh, hypocrites than mature saints. So the point is yes, we have to preach the word. We have to preach every bit of the word, but we have to do it from the mindset of love, is what he's telling us here in this chapter. Uh, we can't always settle for guilt. Um, it says churches are like garden plots where the husbandman spends all his time. Weeding, but never planting. That's right. uh, your analogy at, at the beginning about the uh, train going up a hill is a great example for the life of a Christian. We were talking about that last week and how anytime we're teaching a class, it seems like... We feel like we're growing. It's when we're not teaching that we kind of plateau, and it's not
0: a coincidence, is
1: it? It's not a because. And why is that? Because we're in the Bible studying so, it during the week. That is the balanced approach to Christianity. We have to be in the Word of God. We can't just show up and right. punch the clock. We have to dive in, and we have to completely teach the Word. And there's a, a flow to this, right, Bo? As you're about to talk about the flow. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into that,
0: I want—we have a new preacher, mm-hmm. and uh, Brother Ken knows this. A healthy congregation is one that, that doesn't need that balance. We have to be fed, and I think Paul gives a wonderful example in Galatians chapter five of a balance. He says to abstain from works of the flesh, but also teaches them to develop the fruits of the spirit. Right. So in Galatians five, you read. Now the works of flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that these who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he tells them, these are things you cannot do. You have to be obedient. And then he turns right around. What does he do? He gives them... And,
1: and Bo, it's, we can't live a half-life. No. It's, uh, we get the sin out so we can put the good stuff in. That's exactly that, That's right. the whole
0: point of it. That's exactly right. And it, it, the fruits of the Spirit, things like, now, I'd much rather talk about these. Yeah. You know, those other ones are bad. But with Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these fruits of the Spirit. How do we put those in our life? We do it by getting rid of the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a balance, pros and cons. If Brother Ken got up in the pulpit and obviously I mean this Sunday he preached on reasons to rejoice. rejoice? And the fact that I can still remember that, <laughs> with my attention span is very impressive, Brother Ken. That's, that's, I just I have the attention span of a two year old that just got through eating a candy bar. I just I can't focus, but I can still tell you what you preached on Sunday, so good job. Uh, but if he simply was negative all the time, we would we would not be balanced. Mm-hmm. But if he that got up. He was and
1: positive all the time. It'd be the same, same way. Same
0: thing. If he got up and was singing kumbaya and love one another <laughs> all the time without giving us God's commands, right. we would not have that. And that's the what balance. Brother Aubrey
1: Johnson is telling us in this chapter. That's
0: what it is. Uh, the last part of this is what I really want to focus on for the remainder of our time here. And I love how Brother Johnson puts this out. He talks about. He calls it lapses of love. Mm -hmm. That'd be a common way for us to say uh, that's when we sin. That's when we mess up. Brother Johnson calls it, that's a lapse in love. You see, sanctification is about choices. Spiritually sound and relational healthy choices. In essence, it's choosing love. Every one of our chapters that we went over, the eight chapters, that's what it was about. It was about, do you love God enough to choose Him over sin? But what happens when we have those lapses in love? What happens in our lives? John chapter 8, Jesus gives us a perfect example of of how we should handle those lapses. We, We know that story. It's the adulterous woman. And they were getting ready to kill her. And by the law, they had the right to kill her. But Jesus simply says, those without sin cast the first stone. How do we react, whether it be in this congregation, throughout the community, when someone has a lapse of love, when someone makes a bad decision, how do we react? Do we gather around with the stones or do we look at her and say, those without sin cast the first stone? You see, it's when, not if, we have those lapses we need to do what jesus told the woman to do go and sin no more we also when we do make those mistakes we need to learn from those mistakes see sanctification is more about auditing failure than the absence of failure it's about developing spiritual integrity rather than maintaining a delusional or a delusion of infallibility if you think you're gonna go through this world perfect I'm sorry to disappoint you but you're not I think so how many people have we heard when we're trying to encourage them to obey the gospel well I'm just not I'm not good enough yet well if you're waiting to be good enough then you're gonna wait until it's too late Mm -hmm. and even when you obey the gospel if you expect to be perfect we strive for perfection but we have to realize we're not gonna make it sanctification is the settled determination to love God more and to love like God. So through all these studies that we've had, these these eight chapters, I hope we've all encouraged ourselves, encouraged one another to to love God more, to make better, more loving choices, and to sin less. That's all I have tonight, Guy. You have anything else you want to throw in there? Uh,
1: Just a few announcements. I do want to thank everyone that has encouraged us and sent us cards and the nice words we hear from people uh i know bo and i talk about this often this is a very uncomfortable <laughs> setting
0: it's challenging uh, there's
1: nothing but empty pews and brand up top and uh there's no reaction from the crowd and we've done our best and we're sorry where we messed up and if we've said anything wrong please let us know but let us know we love you and Absolutely. and we, we thank y'all for supporting us during this time and please give brother ken the same support Uh, On our prayer list, uh, please continue to remember Pat Green on your prayer list. Uh, Please keep Brother Ken Forrest and Anita Forrest on your prayer list as they come to us during this time of transition. And now we're going to be uh, back to virtual church. Uh, Please reach out to them and uh, continue to let them know that we love them and are glad they're here. We do, as Bo mentioned, have some cases among our church here at Boonville of COVID-19 among our members please keep those members uh, in your prayers for a speedy recovery and the next week or two we're gonna have a whole bunch of uh, school children going back into school buildings and teachers please pray for those teachers there's a whole lot of unknowns everyone's doing it different in different places and uh, there's a lot of uncertainty just please keep those young people and the teachers in your prayers please and Bo do you have anything
0: uh, I, along with what you said thank you so much for all the kind words and the encouragement it, it has been a challenge we've enjoyed it but it has been a challenge it is different to look out <laughs> and not be anybody here to give you some feedback uh, but we have enjoyed it I, I'm not going to say names of those who, cause I would forget somebody because there's been so many cards and so many texts uh, we feel your love and we, we appreciate it so very much thank you
1: because usually when we're finished we're always very nervous about how bad we just messed up but yes yeah, thank y'all and uh Bo, i'll close us with a word of prayer heavenly father we thank you so much for the church that we have here at boomville we thank you for the blessings you've given us we thank you for our help god we ask tonight that you please be with Pat Green, please be with all of our members that are sick with COVID. God, please help this pandemic pass from our nation and help us get back to a sense of what was normal, but help us please appreciate all the blessings you have given us. God, please be with all our children the next couple of weeks as they begin a journey that is going to be very unfamiliar for seven and eight and nine and ten-year-olds. Please give them strength and courage and ease their anxiety, and please be with the teachers that are having to try to carry out something that's never been done. God, please uh, forgive us where we failed you, and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.